Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, New Zealand. Dean Butler with you here up until 2 o'clock today. Producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. And yeah, as those highlights indicated, that was indeed one hell of a game. If you watch that one, New Zealand, if you've got any thoughts on it, 0800 150 811. You can, of course, text double eight double three. Also, you might even have some uh, questions you want to ask about it because we do have hopefully a special guest coming up um, to talk about that game and the NRL. And if we get Get hold of him. He will be calling from uh, Outback Australia somewhere. He's, he said he's going to pull over uh, in the car and, and chat to us. And that person is former Warriors captain Steve Price. So hopefully uh, we can get him on the line. Uh, Robbie's trying to sort that out now. If you've got any questions for Steve, please give us a text, double eight, a double three. Or you can, of course, call 0800 if you've got anything to discuss about the Warriors or anything to do with NRL. Because as always, the NRL is a never-ending sea of stories. Also on the show today, Robbie's managed to tee up uh, SEN football commentator from Australia, Jordan Canelis. And yes, the uh, Women's Football World Cup has kicked off with a bang and just incredible stuff. New Zealand, um, I'm a football nut, so I'm loving it. But yeah, if you'd, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, how we were going to get on um, at this World Cup, the football ferns, I would have said, uh, you know, if you said, Dino, you think we're going to get out of this group? Uh, I would have said, not a snowball's chance in hell. You know, our previous form up to that was awful. I would have told you we'd be lucky to get one single goal, let alone one single point. Uh, then we had a warm-up game against Vietnam, and we something had changed in that nine-week training camp they went on. Some magic had been instilled. I don't know what kind of voodoo took place. Uh, but this was a different side. It had been transformed, uh, and we had a really good win against Vietnam. Okay, Vietnam are you know, a minnow side, but doesn't matter. So are we. But the way we played, the way we put it together, yeah, there were some mistakes, obviously, at times, but the performance was just so much better. So I went from less than a snowball's chance in hell um, to, you know, maybe it's a mild let's call it weak optimism uh, in the group. And and like everyone else who's into football, the basis was this. We're going to lose against Norway. If we get away with a close loss, we'll be happy with that. Philippines, we've got a chance. They're just like Vietnam. We can beat them. We have beaten them previously. So we can do that one. And then Switzerland, well, it gives, we have a chance. You know, it can go either way. But the, the script has been torn up and turned upside down uh, with that amazing uh, victory by the Football Ferns on Thursday night. So in the past couple of weeks, you know, with the, the, the All Blacks great victories, um, you know, I've had to, had to eat a bit of humble pie, quite a lot of humble pie uh, with, about Ian Foster and, and his selections. Um, and also, you know, yeah, swallowed a couple of dead rats and, um, yeah, had to suck a few cumbers. And um, pretty much here we go again with the Football Ferns. I'm, I'm sucking more cumbers, but I'm, I'm, you know what? You know what, Yitkeklin Clover, if you're listening, I'm happy to do so because something has happened to this team and they are now, you know what, I've gone from less than a snowball's chance in hell to weak, 
weak optimism to maybe maybe it's now it, it could be a, a possibility a likely to get through to the second round because yeah we just have to, just we still have to beat the Philippines if we do that two wins out of three normally that gets you through um, but yeah we shall see New Zealand if you were at that game um, on Thursday night uh, football ferns versus Norway Kiwi or Norwegian love to hear if we got any Norwegian fans out there please. Um, text us in double eight double three on the temper and bedpost like no other uh, text machine, or you can of course give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And it's amazing when you see these Scandinavian teams. Norway, you know, Erling Haaland from the male side. The, the women just look like his sisters. They all look they're tall, the long hair, the blonde hair. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, if you've got any Norwegian uh, listeners out there, please give us a call 0800 or you can of course text double eight double three. Also, if you're going to, if if there's any American fans out there, because yesterday they had a win against uh, Vietnam as well, I think they were possibly looking to get more goals given um, the the status of Vietnam in this competition. But Vietnam, man, they played, they they did not give up. They competed on every single level and a 3-0 win to America no surprises there um, but yeah good win to them that's the other thing too my nephew um, he, he's into his, um, his punting and I saw him last week and he gave me a really good tip for the um, for this FIFA Women's Football World Cup I don't know if the TAB is still doing it but if you put a $20 bet on uh, a team to win outright like say America then for every win they have in uh, in the tournament, you get a $10 bonus bet. So it's like, to me, that's a bit of a no-brainer. America are going to win at least two or three or two or three games minimum. And now they've, they've won one already. They might even win four or five. So even if they don't win the final per se, which costs you 20 bucks for your 20 buck, you know, all, you know, outright win, they still might um, get the... Um, get five, get your five bonus bets. So you get fifty bucks in bonus bets. So how good is that? So yeah, we'll be talking with uh, Jordan Canelis after one o'clock about the women's uh, football world cup going on here and in Australia. And if you've got any uh, questions you want to ask our special guest coming up, please text double eight double three or give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven because he joins us now from Outback Australia. It's former Warriors skipper Steve Price. Steve, thanks for joining us this afternoon, mate. No worries, mate. How are you going? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Steve. Very good indeed. Hey, Steve, look, we'll, we'll kick straight into it, mate, because I know you're busy. I know, you, I know you've pulled over to the side of the road for this interview. Oh, actually, before we start, Steve, I need to ask you this. In radio, you know what it's like. You don't have many breaks. Before the show, I go out to the toilet. There's a code to go in the toilet. Have you ever worked in a place where you need to push in a code to enter the toilet? <laughs> No, I haven't, mate. No, no, neither have I. So I'm going to talk to Ruben on Monday. Say, Ruben, Steve Price says he hasn't. Let's get rid of that bloody code. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, anyway, Steve. No, look, yeah. Oh, mate. Hey, look, Steve, you, the Warriors of 2023 are having a fantastic season. Let's just talk about the game on uh, on Friday. A fantastic win. What how, what's your perspective and take on this team from your experience, from your knowledge, and how you're seeing the Warriors this year? Yeah, mate, it's been a whole um, there's a toughness in the group, uh, resilience, and uh, they look a really tight group playing for each other. Um, they're playing some great, great footy attacking wise, and then defensively, really tough. Um, coach probably wasn't so happy in the, the last parts of the second <laughs> half, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what a what a, a great performance. Uh, they've done it week to week. They certainly play really well at home, um, and the crowds are getting home. You know, are really really big and very passionate as uh, as I remember them. So the boys are really enjoying that. And um, yeah, there's a few few um, sort of teams and clubs over here. I think a little bit worried that uh, Warriors finish in the top four. That means they've got to travel to New Zealand, packed house at Mount Smart. Uh, that's a tough ask. Yeah, man, that, man that's, a, that's what we're hoping for because you know what it's like, Steve, in previous years, you know, Warriors fans, we would have been happy with a, a top eight finish. But now when we look at this team, there's genuine belief for the first time in a long time they can make the top four and they're currently third at the moment. Yeah, mate, I think one of the, especially the challenges when I was at the club, you know, we, we wouldn't start the season so well. We'd have to come home with a real, you know, strong sale and, we get there, but we're always a little bit fatigued and worn out just to get there. Mm. If the boys can make the top four, that's where you've got to be to really challenge this premiership. It's proven over the last number of years that if you're not in the top four, you don't necessarily, you're pretty much not much chance of winning the comp. So, um, you know, how good would it be to win the first comp for the Warriors, um, giving you the best opportunity to be in the top four? I know we did it, I think, once when mm. I was at the club. Uh, finishing the top four, but we went boom, boom out. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's still a fair way to go. Yeah. Uh, hopefully um, the boys stay fit. And I think that's been something that's been okay recently is they haven't had a whole heap of injuries. Um, yes. So fingers crossed it stays that way and they can keep the same boys on the field every week. They can keep building their combos and their resilience and, you know, really build that bond Um for that resent, uh, relentless performance or high performance every week. Yeah, you, you, I'm glad you mentioned that, Steve, because yeah, in previous years we might have looked at fitness, like you say, they get tired towards the end. We look at the side now, they look super fit. And one player who's having, uh, uh, many would say, the season of his career is Sean Johnson. What is What, in your opinion, has happened to him this season, apart from other seasons, where he's always had that magic, but it's never really come to fruition? This season, it does seem to be, and he's an older player. Yeah, I think he's really enjoying the, the, I suppose, the role he's playing in the team. He's a bit more experienced. He understands what he's got to do to play well. The boys around him are are playing a really big role as well. I Mm. think the forwards are doing a fantastic uh, job. So that's getting in good field position, getting in good opportunities. Um, He's, you know, attacking kicks or or attacking play rather than getting off their own try line all the time, which has probably happened you know, over a fair bit of time that uh, Shawnee was at the club. So he's in good field position. He's got some real weapons outside of him and inside of him. Um, guys with a bit of experience, Chance, you know, Dal, um, Marcelo, all these guys are pretty experienced in a forward pack, you know, um, Aiden and all these boys are doing a great job in the middle. So I think everyone's playing their role. There's no real pressure on Sean to perform, be the superstar every week. Um, and I think he's enjoying that. And uh, his consistency has been super this year, and it's really helped the club, and I think it's, it's really helped him as, as an individual. And, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Stephen. You know what it's like with the Warriors? They, because they're a, you know, the only club in NZ, they always come under extra heat, extra... You know, everyone's looking at them, focusing at them. And when they made the announcement of uh, Coach Andrew Webster, you know, as the coach for this year, a lot of people, myself included, went, well, you know, who is this guy? He's an assistant coach. He's not a big name. He hasn't really got a record. Do you know much about him? Because obviously what he is doing is working. Yeah, mate, he's been in some great systems. He... 
was interim coach there at West Tigers when I've left. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been at the Warriors as an assistant, so he understands, you know, the positives and the negatives or the challenges, I suppose, of the Warriors and also when the Warriors go well, what that looks like and feels like. Um, I really loved the speak the other day of the Warriors worked out their identity. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that as a group, if you can work that out, what you're trying to be and how you're trying to play and, and understand as individuals, you know, what it is that, um, is that you've got to create every week on the training paddock and then in the game. I think that's a real benefit for any team over in NZ. And um, you know what? When, when I was at the club, I used to love that extra pressure and that because I'd say to the boys, mm. if we've got extra pressure and people are disappointed if we're not performing, it shows that they actually care. That means something, you know? Mm. So, you know, it means something to us as well. If we don't want to disappoint our fans and our sponsors and our families, um, you know, and people of New Zealand and obviously there's a whole heap of supporters in Australia and across the world as well. So I, I see that as a positive. Um, you don't take it as pressure. I always get you know, excited about that and look forward to that because mm. it meant something to me and it's great that it means something to someone else. So um, I think the boys are really thriving on that and I think that pre-knowledge that Webby had of the club, mm. um, obviously he's been in some good systems at Penrith under Ivan. He's had the opportunity to be a head coach at the West Tigers for a period. Um, so he's worked out what his philosophies and strengths and weaknesses are and he's got some good people around him um, and you know I, I suppose the team's only going to get better because he'll actually get to be able to put his stamp on the team mm. um, he's taken over a group of players that it was brownies and and previous coaches at the club yeah. um, and he's doing a great job with them but as time goes by and players come off contract he'll buy players that will fit the type of game he wants to actually get the boys to play and, you know, it'll even be more of a um, success story. Yeah, we are we are hugely impressed with Andrew Webster over here, that's for sure, Steve. Um, if you want to give Steve a question, folks, text us in double eight double three, or please give us a call 0800 150 811. Hey, also, Steve, look, we, we've signed a few new players this year, and when they were announced, it was kind of like, oh, you know, Jackson Ford, Mitch Barnett, uh, Marania Corre, Dylan Walker, they were all kind of, you know, okay, you know, journeyman type signings, but they're having the seasons of their lives as well. Yeah, we look at the history of the Warriors, mate, and I think that's what's happened over the years. Kevin Campion, Michael Luck, Jacob Lilliman, um, James Maloney, like, you just keep on going through the names, Mm. Michael Witt, um, Grant Ravelli, there's all these guys who were solid first graders at another club, Mm. or on the bench, or had played a few games here and there, Mm. and came over to the Warriors, got opportunity and absolutely, you know, went up to being not just a solid first grader, but an outstanding first grader that, you know, all the Warriors fans started to love and, and really got behind and they found their home and um, and the Warriors found um, some players that they mightn't have expected that, you know, that comes down to the coaching staff. It comes mm-hmm. down to obviously recruitment, understanding the type of player. It's not money ball, but that type of thing, you know, it's not always the big names that are going to be the, the mm. difference um, in the squad. It's um, more often than not the ones that no one really expects to play a huge role and, and play well well above what they're sort of seen as being potentially. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Steve. You're right. You list that name, that names you listed. That you're right. It proves that point. Exactly. Environment, uh, ecosystem is working for these guys. In the game on Friday, Steve, we saw the best of the new Warriors for 78 minutes. Then we saw a taste of the old Warriors for the last two minutes. What do you think happened in that in that spell? Because did the, did they did we just switch off for that last two minutes, or, or what happened? So, so I had a really good think about after game, and I think one of the things you got to look at is. Canberra have been a team that have been in a lot of form. They got a lot of weapons across the field. Mm. And all that happened was they got a couple of opportunities and they had to really chance their arm. Uh, fortunately for Canberra mm. and unfortunately for the Warriors, chancing those arms, they got some of those players like Jack White and, and these type of guys who can produce, you know, given a, a slight opportunity to produce something enough. I think it was more like that happened. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, uh, they got right back into the game and almost could have won the game on the siren <laughs> with a kick, kick from the sideline. But, um, you know, luckily enough, Shawnee was able to uh, ice it at the, at the end. But I'm sure Webby would love to um, be in a situation where it's 20 to 6 at the end of the game <laughs> yes. and walk off feeling pretty good about a, a good defensive performance, but also being able to keep a, a really dangerous team like Canberra to only one try rather than letting them score three tries in, you know, three minutes or four minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely, man. They were, yeah, they were, the kittens were being released at that point, Steve. That's for sure, mate. Um, hey, hey, Steve, look, uh, uh, there's a lot happening in the NRL. The Warriors are going great. But can I ask you, oh, yeah, there's a team that you have a special love for, and that, of course, is the Bulldogs. What is going on at the Bulldogs this season? Because they seem to have a half-decent roster. Yeah, mate. Well, it's been going on for a fair while, so I think it's a bit of a hangover from a few years ago and obviously the salary cap uh, situation. Any club who's been through that, Mm. uh, it's always going to take a number of years to recover. Um, You know, you you go through sort of management and decisions that are made and who you can buy, who you can't buy, who you've got to let go, who who you've got to keep. Um, usually the ones you let go are the ones you want to keep because yeah. that's the only ones other clubs want. Um, and, yeah, they're just trying to find basically uh, one, a coach. I think they've got that in camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got to get some stability. Uh, Gus is in there behind doing a whole heap of um, negotiating and trying to find that. I think the other – it's a bit of a perfect storm with Redcliffe coming in. You know, every club oh, right. pretty much signed up their players for a few years to try and – protect them from from Redcliffe. Mm. Uh, so this year, there's not many players off contract, but uh, in the next year, there is. So come November um, 1 this year, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of clubs to go shopping. Uh, and I see the Warriors as being one of those as well, you know. Uh, okay. They've probably got a fair few players coming off contract at the club at 20, end of 24. And on the 1st of November, when the players come off contract the following year, then they can negotiate and sign with other clubs. So I think um, you'll see a lot of action going on right around the NRL come 1st of November um, of this year. And I don't think the Bulldogs will be any different. I think there's a number of players they're probably looking at that maybe aren't what they thought they were. Um, You know, maybe Mm. looking for a different style of player. Uh, Cam's a bit like Webby where he inherited players from previous coaches. So the coach will get that opportunity to to make some calls and, you know, you just got to hope the player out there that you want is available. So uh, we'll sort of see what type of player they're going to go after and, 
what they're trying to create. Um, they've got some big names, but mm. you know um, they probably haven't gelled like they they would have hoped. Uh, halfback's been a real issue for them. Yes, Reed Marnie going to the club's been a positive. Fullback's always been uh, sorry has always also been an issue for them. Mm. And you look at the Warriors; they got Shawnee there, they got Chance there. Yeah, um, you know, so um, they've they've got a really good couple of options at hooker. Um, so their key positions, young five eights doing really well. Yes, um, and obviously you've got a forward pack that are really rolling forward. So Bulldogs probably haven't got that forward pack that are doing that. Mm. Um, that puts pressure on Matty Burden, and you know they're still trying to find that halfback. They're hoping that young Toby Sexton's the answer. Um, you got um, you know young Reedy Marnie's gone there. Yes, um, but he's in a forward pack that aren't getting forward. So, but what, Steve? Why, um, why is that though? Because you've got Tavita Pangai Jr., who a few years ago was seen as you know going to be the the all you know one of the all time greats, but he just hasn't. Something's happened. Yeah, I think it's a bit like the Warriors when you look at, you know, Fanua Blake, he can't do it all by himself. But right. you've got a Jackson Ford and, you know, all of those boys in that forward pack mm. are doing a really good job on the edge and in the middle. Um, really clever hookers, a very intelligent halfback who yes. can put your, put your team into a position from his kicking game as well as directional play, getting his players around the field where he wants them to be. Got some threat on an edge. Um, the Bulldogs probably don't have that continuity across the field. Um, Matty Burton's obviously a very good player, still young. Yeah. Um, probably needs a halfback who, who, like a Sean Johnson, who can control the, like a game manager. Yes. Um, and then you need some of those sort of um, big boys like Fanua Blake and that in the middle who can sort of take control with that little bit of finesse. Um, you know, like those boys have been injured, kick out. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, yes. The boys that you've been sort of discussing have been injured. They've had a lot of injuries. It's no excuse, but uh, there's probably hasn't been a lot of depth underneath those um, first sort of 13. Mm. Uh, Stephen Crichton's going there next year, which is a positive, um, you know, and see what sort of things that they'll do at the end of the year. If they feel the boys might go to England, yes, uh, get opportunities there and see who they can sort of bring in. But there's probably not a lot available that, you know, the player that they'd like to be able to buy. And uh, there's a few clubs like St. George uh, that are in that situation. West Tigers uh, that are going to be in a similar situation yeah. at the end of this sort of season. So you see a lot of clubs going and buying those best next level down, the kids that are coming through. Mm. Um, you know, the Faunu brothers that the West Tigers have just bought, spent a lot of money on that, hoping that, you know, they're going to be the ones that can step up maybe a little bit quicker. Um, and yeah, we'll sort of see. I suppose the Bulldogs are hoping a few of their young kids will come through and do the same. Um, you know, as mm. the Warriors do, and every other club does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as the goes by. Yeah, everyone wants. You're right. Everyone wants their youth to, to to develop. And you mentioned West Tigers, and I just want to ask you about that as well, Steve. You know, you've got Tim Sheen's coaching. You know, Benji's being mentored to take over. But you hear all sorts of talk how they hired this um, recruitment manager without telling Sheen's or Benji, what is your take on that? Because to me, that sounds insane. You don't tell the, the coach or the you know, assistant coach, you're going to get a new recruitment guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, sort of, normally you should say that's just a, a genuine, a not even not even think about situation, but mm. every club is run differently. Yeah. Um, I don't know 
what the um, behind-the-scenes situation is at the West Tigers and who is control, who is in the boss, uh, all of that sort of stuff. Um, you can sort of see at most clubs how that sort of sits. You can tell by who the ones that communicated are generally the people who are the ones making the decisions. Uh, Tim's obviously coming to play a role, try and get things back on track, develop Benji, um, you know, and Robbie Farrer and trying to, to be, I suppose, uh, um, a draw card for players to come to the club. Done a pretty good job in that regard, you know, mm-hmm. to get Happy Coruscant and and all the boys that have come, you know, to the club over the last 12 to 18 months. They've got a very, very talented young group. Uh, the biggest thing's going to be for that club is solidarity at the top mm. and making sure that um, things are done properly and supported. The coaches need to be supported. Recruitment needs to be supported. There can't be any infighting from those areas because they're your critical part of your club. So, you know, what, however the, the situation happens of how the recruitment got, you know, the recruitment manager got employed, mm. that's got to be sorted out. And particularly Benji and Tim yeah. need to have a great relationship with that guy because at the end of the day, he's got to be buying the guys that they want to be able to coach or they can coach mm. to the type of game that they want to play because there's no use having your recruitment guy saying, I believe this is the best guy for our club and it doesn't sort of fit with the coaches' philosophies and the way they want to play. And um, they've got to be singing the same song. So yeah. who knows? Behind the scenes, that could be happening. But, um, yeah, the West Tigers seems to be a pretty easy uh, newsreel at the moment. Yes. Um, so it may not be how it is behind scenes, or it could be exactly how it is. You're not, yeah. you're not sure unless you're there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, look, Steve, before I let you go, a couple of questions, mate. This is one of the most congested NRL tables we've had in year. Who misses out on the top eight, mate? Because I'm looking at it now. The Cowboys are seventh, the Eels are eighth, the Rabbitohs are nine, the Knights are tenth, the Roosters are eleventh. Not all of them can fit into that top eight. Who misses out? Yeah, well, how many games have we got to go? What, five? Five. Or, five or so. Yeah. There's going to be a few teams that have got still two buys to go. I think the Broncos oh, have still yes. got two buys. Yeah. Um, so they're guaranteed four points. And you know, I'm not sure about all those clubs around that top eight position who's got buys to go, who doesn't, okay. who they're playing. Yeah. Um, the big thing's going to be how you come out of the Origin Series, what sort of form a player's in. So you've got the Cowboys who the Origins worked out really well for them. The guys who will come back, yes. they're really hitting their straps. Mm. they got a lot of confidence. The boys that didn't play Origin are really bouncing off yeah. that enthusiasm and excitement those guys have come back with. Yeah. Um, they're a little bit of a juggernaut at the moment. Mm. Can they maintain that? And then there's teams that have gone off the boil a little bit, Parramatta and a few other clubs. Yeah. Can they get that back? So that's going to come back to their, you know, their leaders in their group, their coaches, um, and then whether they've got injuries to key players and and you know whether they can get back into that sort of uh, red hot form again, which got them to that situation. So it's really hard to tell, mate. Because mm. we can make a prediction now. And there's going to be a team that comes from nowhere and there's going to be a team that you thought was guaranteed <laughs> yeah. that'll drop out just as like the Broncos did last year. That's right. They're in the top four at this time of the year and didn't win another game. Yeah. So that's the way it can go. Yeah, no, good answer, that's Steve. That's why we love this comp, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one of the best comps in the world in any sport. Absolutely. It's so well run, so well put together. Hey, Steve, before I let you go, mate, a lot of our listeners will be wanting to know what are you, what are you up to these days, mate? Are you still involved with league in any way or is it something business? What are you up to? 
Uh, I'm a HSE advisor just in the rigs, so okay. I do two weeks on, two weeks off, and yeah, I would love to get back involved in footy, but it's a bit hard with this sort of roster that I'm on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some way I will, mate. A couple of years ago, I helped out with the Falcons, Sunshine Coast I live at, so oh, good. Sunshine Coast Falcons under 21s, and that was really enjoyable, so yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens, mate, see if anything comes up, but um, just quickly... Want to say I was watching the uh, the soccer girls the other night. Oh like, yes, Australia and New Zealand, mate. So well done to the girls, the Kiwi girls, and also the Aussie girls. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, you know the first couple of nights of the of the World Cup for both teams to win, um, both teams ho- hosting yeah. the World Cup. How exciting for everyone! And you know, keep going along and supporting those girls. You know, um, both in New Zealand, and Australia, it's it's a really good opportunity for for us to show our part of the world and the type of people we are. And um, we're pretty good buggers, I reckon. So I reckon <laughs> it's a good way to be able to show the rest of the world how good both New Zealand and Australia are. I totally agree with you, Steve. We are pretty good buggers, mate. You know what? You're a pretty good bugger for taking this call too, mate. And thank you so much, Steve. You enjoy the rest of your afternoon, mate, and we'll talk again sometime. No problem, mate. Be good. You too. There you go, folks. How good was that? Steve Price, former Warrior skipper, having a good old yarn. That was just awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Okay, we better take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back after this. 20 to 1 here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here up until 2 o'clock today. Producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. And we just had an awesome uh, yarn with uh, former Warrior skipper Steve Price um, about the Warriors and the season they're having and his thoughts. And, yeah, he was right. I asked him at the end there, this table is so tight. Who's going to miss out? And like Steve said, it's so complicated, especially with all the buys and who's got buys left. And I just had a look at the table to see who has got their, their buys left. Good news for the Warriors. We've still got one buy left up our sleeve so that's an automatic two points so have the Broncos the Storm have used their buys the Raiders the teams below us the Storm have used their buys the Raiders have lost their used their buys the Sharks have used all theirs the Cowboys in seventh they've still got to buy up their sleeve so that's good news for them another two points the Eels in eighth have also got to buy up their sleeve they're on 24 points the Rabbitohs also in ninth they have another bonus they have a buy up their sleeve so that's another two for them the Knights have used their um, buys as have the teams below them except for the Dolphins, but you can't see any of them making the eight. So really, if you look at that, it, it kind of looks like the Roosters uh, will will definitely miss out because they haven't got a buy left. And it's either the oh, – jeez. The Cowboys are on fire at the moment. Um, Rabbitohs are Eels, Sharks, Raiders, one of those maybe. Oh, boy, it is a tough, tough old table, that is for sure. What do you think, New Zealand? 0800 is the number to call. You can, of course, text double eight double three, especially if you have any thoughts about uh, what Steve Price said. And even uh, if you've got anything on the Women's Football World Cup, because coming up at 1 o'clock today, we'll be talking with SEM football commentator uh, Jordan Cornelis uh, about the World Cup in Aussie and New Zealand, because it has been amazing. Um, since that start the other day, that is damn sure. Uh, anyway, we spoke a bit too long uh, with a good mate Steve, and we have to get another breakaway, Robbie. Let's let's do it. Twelve minutes to two here. Twelve to two. Get, get ahead of yourself, Dina. Twelve minutes to one o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you up until uh, two o'clock today. Uh, producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. If you want to send us uh, a text, please do so. Double eight double three. Temper and bedposts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. That's double eight uh, double three. Got a text number four. Uh, that is an award-winning piece of radio. Just marvelous commentary. That was of course. 
course, about uh, the Warriors and their fantastic win over the Canberra Raiders uh, the other night. Well done to Sam and Kempi for that one. Fantastic stuff, guys. You can, of course, call 0800 150 811 is that number. Um, of course, after one o'clock, we will be talking with uh, Jordan Cornelis. He's the um, SEN uh, football commentator from one o'clock. If you've got any questions for Jordan, text those in as well, double eight, double three, especially about the uh, Women's World Cup. And as Steve Price said, as he alluded to, the last words he were, he said is... Uh, Go and attend a game if you can here in New Zealand. Please do so. Uh, We won't get this Football World Cup back again in our lifetime. I I can tell you that for free right now. Uh, This is it. This is your only chance to see a Women's Football World Cup. And how good was that win the other night by the Football Ferns uh, on the biggest stage with the biggest audience we were ever... Look, the the biggest crowd we've ever had to a women's game. The biggest global audience. Just incredible stuff um, from the Football Ferns. And as I say, I apologise to the Football Ferns and Yika Klinkova if you are listening uh, because I got that all wrong. I thought we were dead and buried. But then... Gave us hope with that win against Vietnam, and that hope has been turned into a definite possibility, maybe even uh, 70% likely. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, quick text has just come in. Technically, Warriors still have a chance, minor premiership. Much easier run home the Broncos and Penrith if we win every game. That's all we can do. That's a great call, text. I haven't looked at the run, and I was just looking at the table with the buys and, and all that. So, wow, that's... Okay, so let's have a look. So, yeah, Broncos at the moment are on 32 points. They Let's give them the bye. Take them 34. Panthers up to 32. We go up to 30. So, yeah, it would be it would be a, um, a six-point gap. Uh, yeah, 30, 34. Four-point gap. You're right. That's only two wins. Yeah, our, our points differential is pretty good. Um, our f- for and against. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, we have to take another break. Is that right? Yeah, we do. All right, we'll be back after this. 5 to 1 here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here up until 2 o'clock today. If you've got any texts you wish to send in, double eight double three. we will be talking with Jordan Cornelis, uh, the SEN football commentator about the Women's Football World Cup after 1 o'clock. And we had that texter saying, and technically the Warriors still have a chance because of the run home. And you know what, texter, that is not as crazy as it sounds uh, because next week the Broncos take on the Roosters. Uh, that is going to be a hell of a tough game. Uh, the Panthers take on the Sharks, also a tough game. We have the bye. Uh, Then the week after that, the Panthers take on the Storm. Another tough game. Uh, The Cowboys take on the Broncos. That's an equally tough game. Uh, Warriors, who have we got that week? We've got the Titans over there. Hard game, but but winnable. Uh, Then the one after that, the uh, Broncos take on the Eels. That's a tough one. The Panthers, who have the Panthers got? The Panthers got Manly, but they'll probably win that. Um, And who have we got? we got West Tigers. Well, we'll win that. And then uh, in the... Warriors take on Sea Eagles the week after that. Manly are beatable, definitely. Uh, um, and Panthers take on the Titans. They'll win that. Who have the Broncos got? Oh, I can't see it. Anyway, we're, we're out of time. Is that right? Yeah, no, we're out of time. We'll be back after one. Dean Butler with you here on SENZ up until 2 o'clock today. Producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. Yes, and we are going to be talking some Women's FIFA Football World Cup because it is all go here in New Zealand and Australia. If you've got any uh, texts or questions you want to ask our next guest, please do so. Text double eight double three temper in bedpost like no other or give us a call. Oh, yeah. 0800-150811. Because joining us now is SENZ football commentator Jordan Canellis. Jordan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dean. How's things? Mate, we're still on a high after that win on Thursday, pal, because it, the difference between New Zealand and Australia, we didn't think we had a snowball's hell chance in hell of winning, and yet somehow 
we did. That was that game was one of the best games we've ever had in New Zealand football. Absolutely, yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, I think a lot of people went in with maybe tempered expectations about what New Zealand would do at this Women's World Cup. Um, and, you know, in a group alongside some, some pretty big teams like Norway, who have won a World Cup before, mm. and Switzerland, who are hovering around a sort of, you know, a pretty decent team. I think uh, a lot of people thought it might have been a tricky challenge for New Zealand, but getting over the top of Norway... Uh, in your first group game, completely changes the, the 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 makeup of this group. Now, now it's New Zealand only need another point or two to get through to the round of sixteen. So yeah. now that you've got that win under your belt, you can aim high. Yeah, look, honestly, uh, Jordan, you know myself and many other football heads in New Zealand. If you'd asked us three weeks ago if we had a chance, we would say no. We will we'll barely get one goal, let alone one point. And then we had a decent win against Vietnam in the warm-up and we could tell something had changed in that training camp. They were now starting to play with combinations, scoring goals, looking good. So there was a little bit of optimism, but still the best we hoped for against Norway was a close loss. And like you say, now that the script has been torn up, turned upside down, we've got a real chance of going through to the next round now. You do, absolutely, yeah. And and you can target your, your, one of your next games against the Philippines as maybe another win as well. Um, you know, they've uh, they've got a sort of a, a, a team that's been cobbled together. I don't know what the chemistry is like with the Filipino team. Mm. Um, so that could be, uh, I think you'd, you'd look at that game and think, you know what, we could get three. After the way that you guys played against Norway, mm. you can target that game as another, another game to win and then if you do that well then you're into the knockouts no problem yeah absolutely and that's we you know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves but yeah there is a there is a little bit of confidence there but you know I don't know what it's like in Aussie you can fill us in on this Jordan but over here in New Zealand we tend to wait till an event kicks off before we really get into it and that exploded on Thursday night so now we're all right into it but I know in in Aussie because your Matildas are a quality side there's already been kind of a, a, a big build up to this as well hasn't there for you guys yeah, this one's had a bit more of a, of a lead in. And we, we tend to do the same thing as well in Australia. Sometimes with, with maybe the, uh, a few of the lower rating sports, like, mm. a, like a hockey or a basketball or mm. uh, even a, a rugby league World Cup, it tends to, we don't sort of think about it until the event starts. Yeah. But with the, with the Women's World Cup, it has had a build up because, because of the, the Matildas here. You know, the Matildas over the last couple of years have probably been a bit more popular than the Socceroos. Mm, um, wow. So we've... Yeah, the Socceroos, they certainly uh, had their moment at, uh, at the Qatar World Cup, so that might have turned a little bit. But, but the Matildas have been a really popular national team here in Australia. So the build-up to the Women's World Cup, having a, a FIFA World Cup uh, in Australia and New Zealand, but having games in Australia has been a massive, um, a massive uh, uh, sort of a grabbing point for the Australian public. And that has been, uh, that's been really good for the build-up and for the hype and anticipation for this World Cup. So, yeah, certainly I think in the in the weeks leading up, there were yeah. uh, a lot of people looking forward to the tournament. I mean, the difference, I suppose, between Aussie and New Zealand is that you guys have much bigger stadiums than we do. Like, we have Eden Park, which, you know, 42,000 is kind of a full house, and we managed to fill it up, which is great, and we did it again yesterday for the American game. You guys have much bigger stadiums, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80,000, um, but obviously your population's bigger, but you guys are filling those up as well. What is it like for the Australian public now that the Matildas have started playing, are they really getting behind them? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think a lot of people have after the first game. So obviously, getting the win against Ireland was um, was was great. Getting off on the right foot, mm. um, getting the win with this with your first group game. But I think a lot of people also saw that game and thought, well, without Sam Kerr, the Matildas, and not maybe not because of Sam Kerr, um, but the Matildas didn't play the way that we maybe hoped for that first game. They mm. won, but 
it was a tough challenge, and, and Ireland made it tough for Australia. Um, but I think people are. I think what I think that has actually done is has made people realise that okay, well, we know the big nations are going to be good, but the smaller nations, the lower ranked teams yeah. at this World Cup, they're going to be pretty good too. I mean, Ireland performed really well. Vietnam, even though they lost yesterday to the USA, they weren't totally disgraced. No. And Haiti, who they were, they were pretty good against England. They, they'd be. They, they should have probably drawn that match actually yesterday against England, uh, uh, Haiti, the, the Central American team. So I think, um, yes, the Matildas definitely, you know, having played a game now and, and bringing the, the the public into into the FIFA Women's World Cup sphere, there's going to be a lot more, um, you know, eyeballs on each game. But I think what the other teams are putting up as well, hopefully that gives uh, even more reason to watch the other games outside of the Matildas at this World Cup. Yeah, that's a really good point too. Because yeah, over here in New Zealand, obviously we'll watch the Kiwi games, but yeah, what's the motivation to watch the others? And I did watch the Australia versus uh, Republic of Ireland game. And yeah, it, it, honestly, it was a tough, it was a grind, man. And like you say, without Sam Kerr, it was a bit of a struggle. What What is wrong? Is there an, well, it must be an injury, but what is, do you know the injury, Jordan? How long, a recovery, et cetera? Yeah, so it was a calf injury, and it was it was very late in the piece. We hadn't had any idea that she had a calf injury at all, and I think it was in maybe the final training session oh. uh, leading up to the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, so they're saying that um, it was a calf strain, I think. So the timeline they've put on it was the first two group games, so Ireland and then Nigeria uh, this upcoming Thursday. Mm. Um, you know, we've had people here saying, well, calf injuries are, are a bit longer than just a week or a week and a half. It's mm. normally a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, they're saying two games, but a lot of pundits are questioning it could be even longer. Uh, I think if Australia win their next group game against Nigeria, that would see Australia into the knockout phase. And yeah. that third group game doesn't become as pivotal. So I, I reckon if we win against Nigeria... Sam Kerr might be rested again for Canada and then they'll bring her in for the knockout phase. Yeah, that that would make sense too to do that. And yeah, you're right about the other teams. I saw uh, Vietnam, America. Yeah, Vietnam, yeah, they were, you know, outplayed, etc. But they did not give up. They gave 150%. And, you know, they were not disgraced at all. For a little team like that, you know, one of the lowest ranked here against one of the biggest teams in the world, they did really well. And you can tell from these games too, pretty much I think every Vietnamese person in Auckland turned up to that game. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a really good crowd. I did mm. see uh, the crowd pictures there of the Vietnamese fans. That was really great. Um, yeah, Vietnam, I mean, in their, in their last warm-up game before the World Cup, they were beaten 9-0 by Spain. Ooh. So I think coming into this yeah, coming into this, uh, into this match against the world's best team, the United States, I think there was you know, definitely a thought that there could be a a bit of a belting on the cards, and it could have been a pretty high score, a cricket score maybe. Um, but Vietnam did really well. So three goals, yes, it's a, it's still a loss, and it's still a comprehensive win by the United States. And they had a lot of chances, the USA, they that, they, that they could have had, and, and it could have been a bigger score. But credit to Vietnam. They, they defended really well. Their goalkeeper played pretty well. And um, and hopefully they can sort of look ahead to their next couple of games and and, and see if they can get a draw or a, or a win maybe against, uh, I think, Portugal's the other lower-ranked team in their group. So... Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were pretty good for, for what it's worth against the world's best team, and um, and even Haiti yesterday were, um, were were magnificent. They, I mean, England's the current European champions, mm. they're top three in the world. England, so Haiti were really good. They almost scored a couple of times against England. So there's a couple of uh, couple of smaller teams doing some big things, and, and Nigeria the other day as well. Another one they drew with 
the Olympic gold medalist Canada within a nil all draw. So I've seen yeah. Nigeria play against us, and they're they're handy. <clears throat> they're handy. They can you know they they'll push teams in that division. And I saw that England Haiti game last night as well, uh, because obviously in New Zealand we have a lot of England football fans. Same in Aussie, I bet. Was it a matter of England not playing well or Haiti rising to the occasion? No, I think it was Haiti rising to the occasion. Um, they from the start. I mean, sometimes with with uh, with a lower team or a, or a, or a team on debut. So Haiti, that was their first ever Women's World Cup game. Wow. Um, they they tend to sit back a little bit and, and be conservative and just try and protect uh, their defensive area. Uh, but that was not the case with Haiti yesterday. They came out on the front foot. They were attacking early. Uh, they were trying to counter attack uh, England. As expected, had a lot of the ball. That's that's to be expected. But but whenever the ball fell to Haiti, they had they had a really uh, a really strong center uh, center midfield um, duo mm. who would win the ball back. Um, they were they were tough. They were gritty. They were combative against England. So they were actually putting the challenges in, winning the ball back, and then they had the speed Haiti to counter attack. So they were they were on the front foot and getting right up in the face of England and and taking the game to them. So. Yeah, England. England played pretty well. They they had a lot of chances that um, that they could have scored from, similar to the United States. But but Haiti actually they weren't uh, they weren't reserved. They were definitely coming forward and, and had a couple of chances and tested the goalkeeper a few times as well. The English goalkeeper in the second half. So they had to really uh, uh, you know be wary, England, about what um, what Haiti were providing in attack. Yeah, and it's interesting watching the you know because it's so close to home for both of us. It's it's interesting watching these games, and you know one of the things I love about women's football is that it, and the big difference from women's from men's football is that it's not the, the, they don't have the cynical side to it. They don't throw themselves to the ground if a butterfly you know goes past their nose. You know they 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 stay on their feet. They try and play the ball. There's lots of passing. They look. It's always looking to attack and go forward. You know it, it's vastly different to the men's game. That, that's true, yeah. I, yeah. Now that I think about it, there hasn't been as much um, sort of side to side passing in defence. Uh, you know, sitting on the ball. A lot mm. of it has been forward movement, getting yeah. getting the ball moving down the wings. Um, you know, getting as many balls into the eighteen yard box as they can. Um, yeah, it hasn't been uh, many delays in play or, no. or stoppages for injuries. Um, uh, they they go in tough as well. I mean, there's been some, oh, yeah. some really clattering challenges uh, in the first couple of days of football. So, yeah, they mean business. Yeah, they surely do. They surely do. Hey, there's a lot of teams we haven't seen yet, like you know uh, Germany, etc. What are what are some what are you looking forward to in the teams that are coming up, and who else should we be looking for uh, to maybe go deep into this tournament? Uh, yeah, just having a look at the schedule ahead. So we've got in the next two days, we've got. Um, some of the, the absolute best nations in the world. So we've sort of had the way that the, the, the draw works or mm. fixture is um, we've had groups A, B, C and D play. Yes. Um, and then we've got the next, t- today and the next couple of days, we've got E, F, G and H. Oh, and okay. I think, so groups E, F, G and H, which is sort of on the on the bottom half of the, of the bracket, mm. I think that's probably the most stacked side of the, uh, of the draw. There's probably the most uh, top ranked nations uh, on that side. So oh. we're going to see the likes of France, uh, the Netherlands, and Sweden all playing today, and they're all teams who, um, you know, could fancy themselves to make the final. I mean, okay. the Netherlands made the final of the last World Cup. France, uh, top five in the world, and Sweden have uh, have repeatedly made finals and semi-finals of big tournaments. So okay. they they all play today, and Germany play tomorrow as well. Um, and that's uh, that's a team who I've picked to win the World Cup. So oh really? Some of the, 
yeah, I've, I've tipped the Germans to win. They were they were runners up in the Euros last year, the European Championships. Um, and I know a lot of our a lot of our experts on our um, on our uh, our coverage have tipped Germany to make the final too. So. Um, you've got some big teams today, and then you've got the Germans tomorrow against Morocco. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned I know, I've been listening to SEN uh, over here, and I know Ricardo, made of mine, he's on The Breakfast Show. He's a football nut as well. I think he's tipping Germany as well. Um, and you know the cliche with football World Cups, you know, it goes to the final and Germany went on penalties. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be real interesting. I'm going to keep an eye out on them. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, France as well. That game is on uh, today, France versus Jamaica. Are you picking France in that one, Jordan? I am going to pick France. Yeah, that's, that's the game I'm on today. So I'll be on that game at 8pm uh, Australian time uh, against Jamaica, who uh, I, I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting a bit of a challenge again from Jamaica, like we were speaking about with, with some of the, the underdog teams. I think Jamaica actually, they're a pretty decent side. Um, so I, I expect them to take it up to France. I expect France to win, but France do also have some injuries. They've got a few players who uh, they couldn't pick for the squad because of because of injuries, and that includes a few um, a few of their key strikers, some experienced midfielders. So they haven't quite got the full strength team that they wanted for this tournament, the French. So that might allow Jamaica a chance. And Jamaica, um, their star player is um, is a woman called Khadija Shaw, who is a striker for Manchester City and rated as one of the best strikers in the world. So they've got some. They got some talent in that team, Jamaica. So I think this will be a good a good match tonight. Yeah, the, you, you're right. And you mentioned injuries there. I read a great article yesterday about how uh, the 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 dark secret of women's football was the number of kind of knee injuries that the women's players get. And and when you they listed all the names, it's like wow, there's like a ton of them. Yeah, that's that's um that's a reality of women's sport that we're still trying to uh, wrap our head around and, and try and figure out how to prevent because a lot of women's sports we've seen. Uh, both with football, with um, with uh, I guess rugby league uh, as well, Aussie mm. rules over here in Australia, is that they there are a higher number or a higher percentage of knee injuries and ACL injuries, and um, and there's quite a few uh, star players from from a lot of the big nations who have suffered ACL injuries heading into this World Cup, which is really unfortunate. You want to see that the big yeah. names at the big tournaments. So um, yeah, France have definitely uh, they've got their fair share of those as well with their team. Um, the Netherlands, their star player, Vivian Miedemar, she was she's out with an ACL injury. Mm. Uh, the English captain, Leah Williamson, was out with an ACL injury as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a high number of, um, of knee injuries uh, in women's football. Hey, also in the, in the first few games we've seen, and producer Robbie has just had a look too, there has been a penalty in, in every single game bar one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there has been, and... And you know what? There has been uh, there's been a lot of penalties, and not many of them have been scored. <laughs> yes, right. There's been a lot of pe- a lot of penalty saves too. So the goalkeepers are uh, they're up to uh, up to task in the uh, in the first couple of days of football. But yeah, a lot of penalties, and um, a lot of that is uh, is down to the VAR, you know, checking everything and mm. and, uh, and and keeping a close eye on every challenge and every you know little handball or little step on the foot in the box. So um, yeah, a lot of penalties, but uh, but hasn't quite necessarily meant that. Uh, a penalty equals a goal because no. the keepers have done really well so far. Yeah, and it's interesting too. You mentioned the VR, and I, I do think I think the refs have done um, really well in this tournament as well. And you know, you mentioned penalty and penalty saves or misses. We had one in our game against Norway with you know three minutes to go, and thinking this will put it to bed. All it did when it when it you know, hit the bar was it just increased the tension for the last ten minutes. <laughs> exactly, and it's a long wait, isn't it? Oh, they had a lot of extra time at the end of the game. Horrible so waiting with bated breath. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was. But look, this tournament in itself is is on track, and I think you know you know what it's like. With, I, you know, the thing with FIFA, what what, what is it like in uh, Aussie Jordan? Because you know there was a concern about uh, ticket sales, and in, in New Zealand, uh, predominantly, a lot of our public, myself included, will buy you know on the day. Like maybe it's like thirty or forty percent of people will purchase at the gate on the day. But FIFA don't do that. What has been the response to that in Aussie, and, and is it the same? Um, I haven't quite heard that concern here in Australia because I think a lot of, I think a lot of our games here were, especially in the in the bigger cities, so Melbourne and, right. and Sydney and even Brisbane. Uh, I think a lot of the pre-sale tickets in the lead up to the games have, have been uh, have been selling like hotcakes. Excellent. So a lot of the games have been sort of sold out or going close to selling out. Good. Um, and seeing the crowd numbers in the first few days, yeah, a lot of the crowds have been sort of near capacity. Um, which has been really good. So um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't quite heard of the concern about not being able to buy tickets on on the day of the game, but I could imagine that 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 is a, a point of frustration because um, yeah, you know, it, you yeah, to, it, you it, know, walk walk up to the ticket gates and buy on the day. Yeah, yeah, it is more a Kiwi thing, I'd say, and I think primarily that is. Because, I mean, we, you know, obviously a lot of people still buy online. You look at all the tickets that have been sold so far, but you know what it's like in New Zealand. It is you know eight seasons in one day, so a lot of us will wait, <laughs> you know, until the last minute and go, okay, I'll do it. You know, um, but yeah, no, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic tournament. I'm glad to see it's really picking up um, in Aussie too with the Matildas because it's funny in New Zealand. You're like, I know when I watch football and the Aussies, the men are in a tournament. I'll watch both sides. I'll do the same with the Matildas um, to see how they go too because it's going to be, you know, if we can get the Kiwis deep into this tournament, the Matildas, it's going to be massive. Absolutely, yeah, and I think. I think the sentiment is being shared from here over to you guys too. I think now that we've seen New Zealand get that first result, uh, now we're thinking, all right, anything is is, is possible, and let's try and get these uh, these co-hosting nations together into the round of 16, which is going to be fantastic if we can pull it off. So I reckon there's a good chance we will, and uh, I think yeah, I think there's plenty of love being shared across the ditch from from Australian fans to you guys. Yeah, yeah, vice versa. And Jordan, before I let you go, mate, we have a lot of uh, avid um, investors on the station um, via the TAB. Um, is there any bolters or outsiders you think might? Is there anything with the the fans can be looking for which might be off the radar which we can get on? Ooh, to win the tournament? Oh, or just maybe even to get out of the group or you know, semi something. Um, I think well now that now that Denmark won their game last night against China, I, I look at that game in in Group D as a pretty pivotal match to try and decide the group. Mm-hmm. So um, now that now that Denmark have won that one, it probably gives them a leg up on China, who are, who are also very highly rated uh, China to get uh, to get through. But Denmark making it through now, you sort of look at them as as a good chance to make the round of sixteen. Okay. Um, uh, elsewhere, I'd I'd pick out maybe. Ooh, looking at the Netherlands, perhaps to to make another deep run. Yes, uh, I know they made the final last time, but they haven't really been rated as highly this time around to to, to make a to, you know to go to the quarterfinals or the semifinals. That that's there's probably some value there for okay. the Netherlands. Um, and then uh, Group F is an interesting one too. Mm. So uh, Sweden's the outright favourite, but there's a the other three teams. Sorry, Group G. I beg your pardon. Group mm. G. Uh, Sweden are the favourites there, but um, the other three teams, it's a bit of a uh, sort of put a blanket over them to see who, okay. who else makes it out. I'm looking at Italy um, to make it out of the group and make the round of 16 if you're looking for them to progress. But okay. also, a quiet one could be South Africa. If Italy drop a few games, yes. uh, South Africa could be the one to sneak in. So there might be some real outside value there for uh, 
for the South Africans to make it to the knockouts. Well, I tell you now for free, there's tons of South Africans in New Zealand. I bet that's the same in Aussie too. Yes, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are, uh, in fact, uh, one of our well, our, our main um, uh, analysts, Alicia Canavis, in our Australian uh, contingent of the commentary team, she's uh, she's South African, so she's. She's got a, a soft spot for them. Oh. Really for them. <laughs> They'll get a, they will <laughs> get a, They will get a very good turnout, man. That is for sure. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much for your time today, mate. Enjoy the rest of your World Cup, and I'm sure we'll speak again before before she wraps up. No problem at all, Dean. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There you go, Jordan uh, Canellis, SEN football commentator, based in Australia, doing all the um, Aussie games over there for the Matildas. Great to get his insight uh, and feel. And also a couple of uh, you know, a couple of dark horses here, if you favour a bit of a bet to get out of their group: Denmark, Netherlands, and Italy, or a real outside of South Africa. So there you go, folks. Don't say we don't give you the uh, the tips. Uh, anyway, if you want to text double eight double three or give us a call 0800 150811, we will be back after this break. Uh, half past one here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here up until two o'clock today. Producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. Double eight double three is the text line to call. Temporary bedposts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in a comfort. Um, Jack, joining us um, now is Robbie McFarlane, producer. Robbie, I'll be honest with you, I, I just had my apple. You know how I like to have my apple. I talked last week about the apples, and I had the apple with the two stickers. You did? Yeah, this week, just one one sticker. Okay. So they've obviously got the word, words got through. Yep. They come back. They've played that out in the office meeting. Yeah, yeah. One sticker that to the fruit sticker people. So well done, guys. Excellent news. They, they're listening. They are listening. Hey, look, there's plenty of uh, great sport on at the moment. Robbie, you got your Tour de France. You got your league. You, you got rugby happening as well. You got the FIFA Women's Football World Cup. Plus, of course, we've got the ashes happening in front of our very eyes. Um but yeah, I mean, you know my thoughts. I, I desperately want England to win the Ashes back from this from this particular Aussie team, who I have zero respect for. Um, and what happened last night? We had a bit of rain, a bit of bad light. Yeah, a bit of rain, a bit of bad light. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've I've got some I've got some audio of okay. um, uh, Johnny Besto and Manus Labuschagne talking. Oh, good. Um, and so we'll we'll have a listen back to that, and then we'll we'll have a chat about you know what like is uh, what is coming in the in the ashes, yes. uh, what we hope happens yes. as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so this was Johnny Besto after um, after day three actually, okay. uh, but still quite relevant. The uh, we obviously know what happened at Lords sure with uh, yeah Johnny mm. Besto, the incident, mm. uh, everything that happened there, yeah, that's right. and uh, so Johnny Besto fronted media and fair to say. He uh, he wasn't too interested in answering too many of their questions. Ooh. So, well, let's have a listen. You'll appreciate. It. Obviously, I don't think we've spoken to you since everything that happened at Lords. I've got no comment on it. Nothing at all. No. But you haven't felt like a, you a wronged sort of party or anything. Where you, I, like as you I say, were... I've got no comment on it. How is the ankle? And how hard has? It's the first time you've asked. <laughs> and how are, how hard has it been actually coming back to keeping? Keeping after three years, not keeping. It's one of those things that um, takes a bit of time to get back to irrelevant of the ankle. Um, it'd be like you guys taking a three-year sabbatical and then coming back and writing to the same level, maybe even three years off a bit of touch typing without a delete button and see how that then pops up. Johnny, how have you dealt with that criticism and have you used it as motivation? Not really. I've had it for pretty much all my career. <laughs> Does it bring out the best in you, though, when, you, when you've got that... F- you feel like you're something to prove or, or, or fight against people. To I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> it seems to seems to bring out the best in you sometimes. 
Last summer? Exactly. Was that the same, was it? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> OK, let's ask about... ...be some chitter-chatter and opinions um, that have been rather interesting at times, um, especially uh, when there's not been many conversations around how my uncle is or anything like that, and uh, whether they're fair, whether they're not fair, that's up to you guys to decide. Um, because you guys are writing the, the different bits. I've completely switched off from everything I've just been told a few snippets, shall we say. But, but blunt responses <laughs> from, old, from old Johnny that in was, the media. Uh, that, that's an awesome clip, Robbie, because he has obviously got a very prickly relationship with the British press, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. You know, you could tell there was like, well, you know, you ask, oh, I'll answer like this, because obviously in the past maybe he's answered something, they've taken it some other way, and he's just... Now he's given them very little to work off. Yeah. Very little. I mean, even to say no comment about the Lord's thing, it's like, you know, he could have even said, well, you guys saw what happened. What do you think? You know, you could even voice it like that. Man, oh, man. And three years off keeping, of course he's going to be a bit rusty when he gets back in there. Yep. Holy moly. Yeah, of course, a lot of um, uh, a lot of selection questions over Johnny Bairstow. Um, not 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 so much even like the first test, but the fact that they've kept picking him. Yeah. Um, ben Folks is uh, if you go to pretty much English, uh, you know, team selection on social media and things. Ben Folks is the name that is consistently dropped in the comments as a, as um, a wiki keeper. Yeah, so he he's he is uh, very much regarded by the public as the number one choice keeper. Um, but, but what's his batting? What's folks? What's folks batting like? Yeah, yeah Bairstow's no, a good batter. Yeah, yeah, no, quite quite, quite decent as well. Um, similar sort of role, probably not quite as attacking, but um, but yeah, so, similar role. And now, uh, yeah, Bairstow, you know, smacked ninety nine not out to not kind out. of silence, silence a bit of the haters there. Absolutely, that so. was a fantastic knock, especially at the end when the number nine comes and he's going, "Well, I haven't got much time left yeah, here. Exactly. I'm pulling out the yeah. big the big log." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so yeah, we we know we know what's happened. The uh, Australia coming in 113 for four uh, at the start of day four, um, and it was very much looking good for England. Yes, um, and. Then the rain came Damn, down. Damn rain! They were going on and on about the rain, yeah, and it happened, didn't it? It did, and uh, so they they did. I'm actually surprised they got some play in, um, so, which was good for them. Obviously, well, it was good. I I turned in to watch last night, and they were doing some um, golf thing with um, Ricky Ponting at yeah. the course. I'm going. Oh no, it's been delayed. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah, de- delayed for a, for a fair bit. But um, by the looks of things, they took a lunch. Um, you know, yeah, had had a bit more of a delay. Not a, not a hundred percent sure exactly when they came on the field, but they did mm. get to play. Um, hundred and thirteen for four. Um, minus Labuschagne took them through. Uh, <sighs> yeah, he uh, he scored a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Much to the uh, despise of the English and mm. and a lot of others, yeah. by the sounds of things, mm. yourself included. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so he he was eventually he was eventually out, uh, caught behind off the bowling of Joe Root. Just uh, yeah, Joe Root, nicked the... one through to um, Johnny Bairstow. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, give it given not out. That's another bit of controversy. A lot of the um, uh, the umpiring's under under fire. Why they give him not out? Was he... uh, just didn't 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 think he hit it. Okay. Um, the English were 
very confident he hit it yeah. and went up to the review uh, straight away. You know, Root and Bairstow both saying to Ben Stokes, review it, you know, yeah. 100% review it. They went up straight away. Good. Clear edge. Um, even without ultra edge, you could see a clear deviation. So it was very yeah. clear that Labuschagne hit it. So yeah, he was going for 111 um, before. Well, that, now, that's a, that's a cursed number, that one, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Aye. We'll see if it is cursed. What, what is it's like Cap, Admiral Nelson or something like that? What, what is yeah, it? It's, I don't got, know it's exactly got a name. It... Captain Admiral. It's got something oh, like that. Someone. So, text us, double A, yeah. double three. What is that? One, one, one. What's, yeah, that? What's yeah. that called? Um, and yeah, Mitch Marsh, 31 not out. Cam Green, three not out um, mm. at the close of play. So I, th- I think they only got in like 30 overs. Um, 30 which, overs, okay. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And the forecast is not good. Uh, for day five. So, yeah, it would be very, very interesting for them to come back. We see Australia, obviously, five wickets in hand. They still trail by 61. Okay, so um, they need 61. Okay. Yeah, 61 to make England bat again. Uh, and I have got this clip of uh, Manus Labuschagne, and he was asked about the... Uh, well, what's what's happening in the game? Yes. Um, this was at the close of day four, and uh, he, was, he was a bit put off, actually, yeah. by the reporter's question. If there's... No rain at all tomorrow, some sort of freak happens. Are you discounting the win completely? You kind of suggested that. Like, as in, get a lead? Yeah. And then, what do you mean? Well, would you, would, is there a, can you see a situation where Australia declare tomorrow and stick England have said no. in the past? No, no chance, zero. <laughs> okay. but, like, as in, get ahead. So what are we, 60 behind, 60 behind... I mean, if, if Mitch gets going, maybe. If Mitch and Greeny put on an absolute unbelievable partnership. But once again, I think we're, we're just going to let it play out and get bowled out when we do. And then I don't think we're going to give England a sniff. I think that's exactly what they'd like. It is exactly what they'd like. What a question. Yeah. <laughs> getting, are you guys going to declare? They're, they're trying to stay in the game. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you know, they're um, 61 behind. They're five down. Uh, they've got Green. And, yeah, Mitchell Marsh can he can hit fast if needed, but if he goes out and Cameron Green goes out, who they brought in to be that extra batter, you know, then they're looking at their tail, you know, Kerry, Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood. Yeah. You know, and what, Which, I mean, they can all hit a ball. They can all hit a ball, but, but look, we'll see. England went through their tail pretty quickly no, in exactly, the last test, exactly. you know, so... Yeah, so, that, that, so that'll be really interesting to uh, to keep an eye on. I think <sighs> it is, uh, yeah... Please well, let the weather be big, be, be good. Yeah, well, Please, I mean, England. yeah, fr- from Australia's point of view, it's like, you know, and um, I guess that's what Manus, Manus is kind of um, alluding to with that clip is that, you know, they hold the ashes. So they do. If, if England don't win this game, they have the ashes. That's right. It's that simple. It's 2-1. So, There's two tests left. So, you know, there, there is there is no need for them to, you know, no. score a quick I don't know, 150, declare, try bowling England out for like 100. There's, nope. there's no point really. So they're just, um, yeah, it, it, it will be really interesting. Obviously it will um, it will very much come down to the weather and how much play they get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whether they, whether they come out swinging and trying to score a lot of runs or whether they just try and, you know, block they, and they're set up block, shop. Mate. I'm looking at the, I've just gone on the site now, Mitchell Marsh, 31 runs off 107 balls. When do you see that? That, Not often. That guy's a tonker. Yeah, no, nah, that no. Nah, they're they're going to try and they're going to yeah put park the bus as they say. But my question as well. I mean, one of the best England bowlers in the last two tests has been Mark Wood. Where was he? Why was he not selected for the first two? Yeah. Um 
it's a it's a good it's a good question, and it's just one of those like, um, you know, he he wasn't. I don't think he was playing as good as he is now, um, and you know they wanted to go with experience, um, and it was just one of those you know you don't you don't really know how good a player is going to be until you select them, uh, and that's kind of what happened with uh, with Mark Wood. A, a bit of bit of controversy around Mark Wood uh, also it? last night um, with. Uh, I'm pretty sure the the umpire is actually telling Ben Stokes they couldn't bowl him because of bad light because he's so fast, which uh, you know a lot of people are saying. Well, you know, the, well, <laughs> the, the Australian bowlers have been bowling to our tail on similar conditions, and so that's oh, a bit really? of an interesting one. So yeah, they they weren't allowed because it bowl was called light. off for bad light yeah. in the end, and but he couldn't he wasn't allowed to bowl. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that wouldn't have gone down well with the with, with the crowd, that's for sure. Hey, Greg's texted us in as well. <clears throat> Robbie, 111 Nelson. If you go out, it's that. Now, Admiral Nelson, I'm getting, I'm guessing. Is it, Greg, is it Admiral Nelson? Lord Nelson. Well, he has just said Nelson, weather is fine. So maybe he's just saying the weather is fine in Nelson. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think Greg is responding to our question right. about the 111. I'm sure about that. Okay. Am I, am I right, Greg? Can you text in the game, please, Greg? Just to, just to confirm. But Greg has said this Ashes, what a series, and it ha- what, it ha- what a series. It has been really. It good. has been a great, a great series. Admittedly, I've only watched like an hour, an hour and a half, because yeah. it starts pretty damn late. Yeah, it's annoying timings, but yeah, I've been, each, tr- been trying to day. been trying yeah. to keep um, keep a. You know, wrap on the highlights and things. Now, and where have you found the highlights? Uh, where, where have you found them? I found uh, on TVNZ Plus. Okay, TVNZ. Is this, this is legal. Yeah. No, okay, I'm not going to get hooked into no, this. No, no, no. Okay. Well, TV, TVNZ's got the uh, got the TV rights now. Um, there's that online? Yeah, and there's an app as well. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I know I can download an app. I've downloaded apps before, <laughs> but it's not as easy as as you as you youths, right. as you youths make it. Um, not what a it, huge fan of the old app. No, I like the I've got I've got apps. Oh, okay. But what you do, what you download the TVNZ Plus One app, do you? Uh, TVNZ Plus, yep. Uh, what about Sky Go? Is that got us on Sky or no? It's not. No, on it's on TV One, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, free yeah. To hear. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. All right. I'll see what I can do, uh, Robbie, because I would like to see a highlights package. Yep. Yeah. I yep. will. Uh, I will give you a step-by-step guide uh, at some point That's, when I find it. That would be much appreciated, very much appreciated. Hey, we've got another text in as well. Um, uh, this is in response to uh, – this might even be the same Greg. I don't even know. Um, also, from the text about the a person who texted in that technically the Warriors could be the minor premiership contenders, what about the TAB? Is there an option for – you might know this one, uh, Robbie uh, – World Cup multi, your Warriors grand final winners, all black, black caps for the treble – um, love the show, sports fanatic, especially Warriors and Black Caps. So, do you know if there is an option at the world uh, option for a World Cup multi? The NRL Warriors Grand Final winners, All Blacks, Black Caps for the treble. Um, there, there won't be like a specific you know market where you can just put that in automatically. But I am almost one hundred percent sure that you can select all those three things and then just see how much it will be paying. So I'll do that quite quickly and figure it out. We shall get back to you after the break with that. But just go on from Anthony before we go. Hi, guys. Wood was recovering from an injury. There you go. That's why he wasn't starting those first two tests. All right. right. Yes, he was injured. Yep. Thank you for that, Anthony. We'll be back after this uh, this break.
13 minutes to 2 o'clock here on SCNZ. Dean Butler with you up until 2 o'clock. Producer Robbie McFarlane is on the buttons. You can, of course, text through on double eight double three. That is the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, Robbie, you were busy investigating the uh, TAB website, seeing if you could get uh, Greg's multi. I've of, got the multi of all multis. Got, okay, Greg. The Greg, multi. Hang, hang on. Hang, of all multis. The multi of all multis. Greg, get your pen and paper ready. Robbie, you've got the multi of all multis. Robbie, go. This is... Gonna be ridiculous okay. if this if this comes in. Uh, well, well, we'll we'll start with the most conservative. The All Blacks to win the World Cup is paying three fifty. Okay, right? Yeah, it's okay. three fifty. That's bad. all right. Not bad. Anything above two um, good. The Black Caps to win the World Cup. Yeah. is paying eight fifty. Ooh, that's big. It's big. Oh, okay. I'm such a cricket fan. And I love the Black Caps so much, but I'm just like, it's in the subcontinent, I know. and it's just like, I know. If, if the, if it was somewhere else, I'd be so much more excited about it. But you know, back, back the black caps. But yeah, look, it's it's T twenty. So oh, exactly. Anything. Oh wait, no, it isn't. Oh, is it, is no, it the one day? Yeah, yeah, one day World Cup. Oh yeah, 2023. Oh sorry, yeah, you're yes. right. This is the one day. Yes. We're not gonna, glad, glad I got that wrong. I would not have lived that down. Yeah. I'm glad no, I got it right. There's no way we can appear in three consecutive one day World Cup finals, is there? Uh there's a way. No. No. Stats or t- no. No, I can't. No, I reckon. That, okay, all right. I'm Rob. optimistic I in back, back one up. thing in life, and that is the Black Caps. Uh, okay, I we'll back, see what happens. I uh, hope you're right. And the New Zealand Warriors to win mm. the grand final. Yeah. Um, twelve dollars. Wow. Okay, we got. So we got I, a big I actually saw up. it. Um, the TAB boosted it over the weekend. Um, at, to like fifteen. Really? Um, but I couldn't find that anywhere. So I've got it at twelve at the moment. Um, so. You know, it could get even more if they do boost it again. But at the moment, three fifty, eight fifty, twelve dollars, three hundred and fifty-seven dollar multi. Yes. Okay. How crazy would that be that, for New Zealand sport? That is insane. And you know, let's be fair, the the All Blacks, um, you know, they got a chance. They got a yeah, chance. Yeah, no, for sure. They definitely got a chance. You you're all in on your black caps. Yeah. Um, I'm only writing them off because we've appeared in the last two. That's all. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I give them a chance. And then your Warriors, who have been a form team. Of the last, you know, of the whole of the whole season. What I would give to hear Sam and Kempe call a Warriors Grand oh. Final win. Oh, they'll Money have, can't buy it. They'll have to get some kind of straitjacket for Sam because he could he could physically humanly explode. It could be human <laughs> Wouldn't combustion. Be yeah, I honestly could believe it. His commentary for that game was fantastic. It's so good. It really was. It was a fantastic job. Uh, wow, that's a great treble. Okay, that's a great bet. And okay, and look, we've had it clarified. The Lord Nelson for the one-one-one in cricket. And here you go. I don't know if this part's true, but I'm guessing it is. Do you know? You know what's called a Lord Nelson, Robbie? Was it? Because Lord Nelson had one eye, one arm, one leg. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, look, I'm, that's that's the kind of fact we. I'm hoping, that's, I'm hoping that's true. Yeah, and that is the kind of fact we got. We, we can fact check it in the break. Right. Cheers, Robbie. Almost time to wrap it up here on SCNZ. A couple of quick texts. Robbie, keep the faith. Black Caps, ODI World Cup. They have every chance to take that cup and drinketh, welleth, frometh. There you go, Robbie. That's behind you, mate. Well, I think I've, if I'm not mistaken, I've got the faith. 
I think, I think you need to keep the faith. You're right. i got to rediscover the faith. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, cheers. Great show, guys. Love to hear you on the radio, Dino. Great humour. Keep it up, guys. Cheers. Mike from The Village, a.k.a. Chicha. Thank you for that, Mike. Hey, also, a big thank you to everyone who's texted and called in uh, today. Special guest, uh, special thanks to our guest, Steve Price and Jordan Canellis. Special thanks to Robbie as well. And, guys, I'm Dean Butler. I don't know where and I don't know when, but we will meet again, New Zealand. Until then, go the Waz and go the football ferns.